Hello and thank you for joining us for our Pulse and Foursquare podcast. My name is Pastor Greg Perkins and I appreciate you tuning us in today. That God may speak to you through his word and the Holy Spirit may minister to you through the messages that are brought forth. That you'll be blessed and we pray that you will continue to listen to our podcast and we pray that you would have a blessed day. God bless you all. Corbin Jannard, obviously dear friends of mine and Jill's and also our church here. And we support them as a many tribes ministry. Um, and I just love to give them um, the pulpit once in a while because I like to I like to hear them. I want you to know them too as much as we love and appreciate them. And of course, they're having their Native American gathering after church today. So... Uh, please welcome uh, Corb as he speaks the word to us. I love you guys. Did you know that? You have been there for many tribes, for us as a family, for a good number of years. And uh, I know perhaps some of you are new. And so I wanted to take a moment. Uh, our ministry is named Many Tribes, Walking the Jesus Way. And... Uh, been about 15 years, maybe longer now, and uh, Jan, my wife over there, is the Norwegian half of the ministry, and uh, you know, <laughs> she very much looks Norwegian, doesn't she? And, uh, and then our son Jeff, Jeff is part of the ministry, he's got an interesting part of the ministry, he's a little more, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a prayer uh, he's an encourager. He refuses to be pushed down, even though he's got significant issues. And he's really good at tormenting, which keeps mom and dad on their knees. So he's got the ministry of torment. Does anybody have the ministry of torment? Yeah. So, and uh, I'm a pretty wordy guy that lives with a wife who's seems to be able to cut through all the words and can just kind of go. She'll just come out of her, her time in the teepee or whatever it is, and she'll just go, here's what we're all about. And uh, you can see up there, uh, those are the kind of the three. They used to be real popular. To your th- what was your three-legged stool? Well, this is our, these are three things that we're all about. Uh, a lot of one-on-one ministry, uh, whether it's one family or one person, a lot of one-on-one ministry, uh, very much uh, have not have always been and plan on being more so house-to-house and uh, Acts 2020 where you have gatherings and homes. And uh, our, our heart is gatherings just everywhere where the Holy Spirit can move. And then finally, uh, we always have to remind ourselves it's about Going from darkness to light, Amen, and uh, and so that's that's many tribes, and uh, you guys have supported us not just with finances but with prayer and with love, and for that we appreciate this church. And uh, so let's see, we'll go to the next slide. Uh, sometimes what happens when you don't preach often is it starts out like this. And you're like, okay, what am I going to do? And God, what are, what are we going to talk about today? And one of the ways that it, it, this has always been with me, one of the ways, sometimes it'll come back to me. Um, there's an image up there of a Navajo rug. 
we're going to learn a little bit about uh, an authentic Navajo rug. And this could be a practical lesson, but it's also a, a very spiritual lesson. There is, you know, Navajo rug, what's called the warp and the woof. It's, that's weaving. It sounds like Star Trek almost, doesn't it? I mean, I, I'm a Trekkie, you know, and I, I want to go to warp speed, you know, but uh, it, it kind of goes along with the, the first word this morning. The, the warp... The warp is a continuous string. When, when, when blankets are done and weaving is done, it's a continuous string. So the one that goes up and down is continuous through the whole rug, okay? Unbroken, like the Word of God. One string, unbroken, the logos, the Word of God that, that, that meets every, every issue, every, it's, it's there for us to navigate life. Then there's what's called the woof. Everybody go woof. I just, that's a cool word, isn't it? Woof, you know? And, uh, and the woof is, is you, you could say sometimes it's like a rhema word. It's, it's what intersects the written word of God. And what it does is, but it's also God speaking to us. It's our story. It's our unique story. And so if you can imagine uh, when it's woven, what makes a rug... A Navajo, an authentic Navajo rug, is a couple other things. Most weaving's going to have a warp and a woof, but what's interesting is, and, and if you're ever shopping for a Navajo rug, this, you're not going to be taken because you'll know this now, okay? Uh, first of all, a genuine Navajo rug doesn't have fringe all along the bottom. So if, it's a, if there's a price tag of $1,500 and there's fringe along the bottom, it's really $49, and they're making a whole lot of profit off of you. So watch out for the fringe. And, and, you know, in a certain respect, you could say, I better return to my notes for a moment here. Uh, first, first Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You don't want fringe. When it comes to the Word of God, you don't want fluffy, fringy stuff. You just want the Word of God and what it's saying to me today. Then there's the symmetry. They're, they were the Navajo were all, right, all their rugs are going to be symmetrical, and you got to watch for that. And in symmetry, I thought about this: all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. You know because as you learn the Word of God, as you commit to, to understanding the Word of God, you're going to be able to say, this is, this is out of whack. There's no, this is not in unison with what the Word of God says. And so, now this is what makes it unique. The, the Navajo would weave once through the woof, would ring what they, what they would weave what's called a spirit string. And, and the spirit string uh, was a lot more about the uniqueness of what God was saying to them and, and what, what it was. And the spirit string, I, I think about 1 John 2.20. It says, but have, it says this, and this is so important for today. This is in the, in the day that we're navigating, in the, in the uncertainty that's before us, listen to these words. 
you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you will know the truth. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real and not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Real and not counterfeit. Does that feel good today? Has anybody been struggling with what's really true? That's been coming at us in every, imagine, every way you can imagine. It's, we, we, we fact check things. We do all those kind of things. And, and uh, there's an anointing given to us that will remind us, that's, you don't need to go there. That's counterfeit. That is counterfeit truth. And there is a lot of counterfeit truth going around right now. Finally, uh, in a genuine Navajo rug, there, if you, if you, you have to look for it, but it's, it's, they put a little, something that's just not perfect. It's a slight imperfection. It is there on a purpose because they realize it's a God thing. They realize God's perfect, not me. He uses an imperfect vessel. He uses an earthen vessel to show us power, to show us love. And so they'll insert in it. So that's the other thing you want to look for before you spend $4,000. Of course, I'm not going to spend $4,000 anyways, but that's a, a little lesson about a Navajo rug and, uh, and how it is that, that I believe today as we go forward, um, God's going to speak. Amen? So let's bow our heads. So we just offer this time, it's your word. And it's by your work, Holy Spirit, that our hearts are changed. It's by your work, Holy Spirit, that we are transformed. It's by your work that we can shine forth. And so thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the fellowship we have together today. We honor you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so uh, this summer in our home, uh, it was a, a summer where Jan was really having a hard time. Uh, she was born with a hole in her heart. And so there it all began. And somewhere in the age, early 50s, she had to have that hole repaired in her heart. And, and she's been fine. The only problem is where the hole was, the electrical impulses of her heart just got all scrambled up. And so as the years have gone on, it came to the point this summer where yeah, her heart rate was going down to like 38 bits a minute. Is that about right? 28 bits a minute. That's not a lot to go on. And uh, it came time to have uh, a pacemaker put in. So, uh, so the day came, this was early September, the day came, uh, it was going to be two days later that she was going to have the procedure. And uh, I was out in the backyard, I was mowing the lawn. And I was out there, I was, well, I was getting ready to mow the lawn, and uh, she, she said, she does her devotions in the teepee, and so she goes, would you put a lamp out in the teepee for me, because it's getting kind of dark in the mornings. And so, so I'm walking out there with 
I mean, it's kind of like, this is not very native, but it's a pole lamp inside of a teepee, but it worked, you know. And uh, I'm walking out there, and I see this black lump that's kind of underneath the, uh, the bottom of the teepee. Oh, Billy, we'll go to the next slide. I'm supposed to be prompting here. Thank you. And uh, Jan, Jan would spend her morning times with the Lord in there. And uh, sometimes it was so pretty because it would shine forth for this is, this is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. That's what devotions are all about. By the time we're done with devotions, we should be shining forth, amen. And, and that was her special time and her special place. So we... I go out to the teepee, and I'm getting ready to go in, and there's this black lump laying there. And I thought, is that the dog? And then I went, no, the dog's not black. And I walked up a little more close, and I looked, and I go, that is one big bird. And uh, you can go to the next slide. And uh, so I went, and, and I looked at that thing, and it looked, there was a wing folded behind its back, and it looked like it was broken wing, and I go, well, that's a weird place to land. What are you doing in there? And I went around the entrance to the teepee. Uh-oh. And uh, I looked inside. It was a turkey buzzard. And I thought, my first thought was, you are not going to be here. You are not staying here. This is not from God. And Jan is not going in that teepee until you're gone. And that was about as spiritual as I got, you know. Because then I'm, the man thing kicks in. I go, how am I going to kill this thing, you know? <laughs> and uh, that, they, are, they are deceptive because when they're in the air, they're pretty cool looking, you know. You know when there's 20 of them going like this, that that's who they are. But up in the air, they look like, wow, that's a majestic bird until you see their head, amen? <laughs> uh, that's a... I, I'm like, God, what were you thinking about the day you made a turkey buzzard, you know, because it's like that is, that is a beautiful body with one of the worst-looking heads I've ever seen, you know. But that thing was, it had it only its head under the teepee, and it was looking right at where Jan sat to do her devotions. So I went inside, and I talked to Jan about it, and I said, i got to tell you about this. I don't want you to go in there. So she honored that, but she did what you should do. She walked around the teepee seven times, praying in the spirit, rebuking this thing, because she saw it for what it was. I was a little slow on the uptake. Then she, then she got word out. She started firing out prayer requests. I think Pastor Jill might have been one of them. I think it might have been you that said, that is one big bad demon. Get it out of there. Something along those lines. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so... Jan is doing what we should do when there's a demonic presence or something that is evil that has landed in our midst. And I was out mowing, and I'm thinking, how am I going to kill this thing? I thought, I could use a shotgun. That's what we use for bird hunting. But I'll wreck the teepee. And so then I thought, so then I came up, okay, I'm going to use a 22. We're going to take this thing out, you know, getting it out of here. And... Uh, by then, uh, so I, I thought, okay, I pulled in right next to the teepee, and uh, 
I thought, okay, I'm going to park and go. I was on my mower. I'll, get, I'll park and I'll go inside and I'll get the 22. And just as I pulled in, this thing, which I thought had a broken wing, backs out of the teepee and just, it is gone. And so we're like, okay. So that night we, we uh, anointed the doorway, the teepee. We kind of did what we felt we should do to cleanse the presence of a dark spirit. Because, see, vultures kind of represent, to me, things that we're navigating today. And this is why it's important to where we're headed this morning. Uh, deception, half-truths. Uh, in other words, it, it looks half-good and half-bad, you know. And that's how it can be with a a half-truth. And, and to me, they kind of represent darkness. Psalm 1017, no one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. Can we say amen? And when you sense that there's a presence like that, get it out of the house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. So you think, okay, it's over with, right? We serve an incredible God. And the second part of the story is why we call it the turkey, vulture, and the praying mantis. So let's go to the next, uh, next slide. So the next morning, Jan, having cleansed it, she goes into her teepee, and she was just like, God, you got this. I, I'm not concerned. I have no fear. She's sitting in there. She's having her devotions. All of a sudden, she spots something about that long that's like, in fact, two of them? like a, a little stick until she walked up close to it. It's a praying mantis. Now, they're, first of all, they're not very common in the western Montana. But second of all, what's uncommon is that it would happen again inside of a teepee the very day after a vulture had its head inside of the teepee. Is that God or what? And see, there's a, there's a, a lesson there for us about, and I love that picture I found on the internet of, that's like, not sure what he's doing, but uh, I think he began the way we should with prayer. He said, before I pray, I'm going to worship, you know, and he got those arms up like that. Uh, a praying mantis is watchful. A praying mantis is prayerful, and that's really the, if I was to say, the title today would be uh, Finding Certainty in the Most Uncertain of Times, okay? Uh, but I would also say the subtitle would be Watch and Pray. This is what I feel is an assignment for every one of us in this day and this hour as a follower of Jesus Christ. Be a watchman, and then what you see turn into prayer, amen? That's a, that's a relatively... Simple assignment, but it is incredibly powerful. I believe it's what really shapes nations. I believe it's what really brings on a move of God is when we as churches, but we as individual prayers every day, we watch and pray. Amen. So let's go to the next slide. Uh, so, I have a little outline here, finding certainty in uncertain times, and there's, this is from what's called the Olivet Discourse in the Bible, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's found in Matthew, it's found in Luke, it's found in Mark, 
And uh, when you read it, you might go, now is he talking about Jesus? Because it all began with a question, which is, what are, what are the signs of the end? Jesus, they kind of got with Jesus. They wanted to know how things were. There was uncertainty, uncertainty. If you want to think we're in uncertain times, try living in Roman occupation. When Jesus gave the Beatitudes, it was, a, it, was, it was so remarkably revolutionary what he said because the people were so oppressed. They were so uh, indoctrinated, and the, the priests weren't really doing much about it, and so there was just confusion. And, and that, that was kind of like the, the Magna Carta of the kingdom was what Jesus gave us with the Beatitudes, but it was difficult Times Well, this is the other end of his ministry. That was at the beginning. This is at the end. And they knew that the time was near for Jesus because he began to tell them. And so he gave this discourse. And uh, I, I have at the bottom uh, maybe what will capture some of the things that we're going to see in it. It says in Luke 21, same discourse, but take heed to yourselves lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and the cares of this life, and that that day would come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things which will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, that's that's big picture stuff, and, and I, don't, I, I don't know that this morning we need to, to think about, well, is this speaking to the church that's been raptured and, and it will be raptured, or is this, you know, going through the tribulation? What is going on? What my takeaway and what I think our takeaway, at least for this morning, is, is be ready. Live in a state of readiness. We, we live in a, a, a really confusing day. I was thinking about our last year together uh, as people, thinking about how much we need each other and how much has conspired against us to be in community. And uh, I think about all the new uh, the words. There's a whole new vocabulary, isn't there? There's a new vocabulary that came along with this this pandemic, I guess you'd call it. There's, uh, I liked, one of my favorites was sequestering in place. <laughs> what does that mean? And then there's social distancing that I thought, I think it was you, Pastor Greg, that said, that's not a problem in Montana. <laughs> that is not something that we, we have a problem with, is staying six feet away. In fact, if you get much closer than that, you're way in our personal space, amen? And so there's, there was, there's Zoom, and there's Zoom fatigue. And uh, I had Zoom fatigue after my first time on Zoom. I don't know about you guys. I actually made a, a hat that instead of saying, make America great again, it, it was MZGA, make Zoom go away. And, uh, and uh, anybody here have Zoom fatigue? And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was flattening the curve. And I thought, man, I'm trying to do that all the time. <laughs> and I have, I have not been very successful at flattening my curve, you know. There's that. And so there's all these, these new words we're navigating. And, but what I, the takeaway was, 
I'm not sure in my lifetime that I've experienced such a time of uncertainty as we, we face right now and how important it is to get back to that, the warp and the woof. What does God's word say and what's it saying to me? Amen. Because he's, he's speaking all the time. He's speaking to us. He's, he'll help us get our bearings when this uncertainty comes our way. I mean, we have racial uh, tension. We have racial uh, difficulty that, that we, for a season it seemed like, are we going to erupt into the most horrible of things, you know? And, and, uh, and so I believe that what is being issued as strong as it's ever been issued before, is that we as a people need to watch and pray. Now, what's interesting is when Jesus went to answer that question, let's go to the next slide, because the first thing that comes up, it begins in Matthew 24, 3 to 5, and it says this. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. And, and, and I kind of watch for that. I don't see a lot of people in this store that say, I'm Jesus. Because that would be pretty easy to spot, wouldn't it? But what I do believe is that there's a lot of, a lot of isms out there and wasms out there and, and people out there that go, I have the answer. I'm the answer. I've got the answer. And I think that, that in one respect, I think one of the things that has happened and is happening that we have to be aware of as the church of God, as the people of God, is we're being taken off mission by those kind of things. And I can tell because we have been caught up in, uh, I think social media has, has been... Uh, you know, that could be a soapbox, and I, and I don't want to get on a soapbox, but it's deceptive. It can be very deceptive. We have to understand how to navigate it. It's interesting, uh, Andrew mentioned Spotify, and I'm like, Spotify? I've never been on Spotify. I always try to spot, because I got spots that I'm, I'm trying to spot all the time, but there's so many kinds of ways that we communicate, and and sometimes you feel like it's this, it's like uncertainty boiling out of us in a, in a tweet or, or un, it's just coming out of us in a Facebook rant or it's coming out of us in, in, in something. And we want to have a voice. But what I would say is this, our voice must come from what is said in the word of God. What we share with people needs to be wash through the word of God and not how we're feeling. And so that's, that's a, I'm just urging all of us to really be careful with what we do and what we say, uh, because it, it goes everywhere rather rapidly, amen? It goes everywhere. But Jesus said, take heed that no one deceives you. You know, it's interesting because I was doing a little bit of statistics and looking at stuff like people study this stuff and it's like, you can go and do the same thing. In other words, a retweet, for example. You know how many retweets aren't true? You see it. In fact, what they've learned is that 
People don't even bother scrolling to the bottom of the story. They take the first couple lines and they go, bam, you got to hear this. And until you realize, is this even true? Is this even what, does it, not only is it even true, irregardless of the word of God, but is it even true factually? Is this what I want to, I want to, bring to somebody I love or somebody I care about. And so there's, a, there's that whole thing going on. There's a lot of counterfeit stuff out there. Let's go to the second one, be aware. This is the second thing that Jesus said. If the first thing he said is be warned, he said be aware. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars and see that you are not troubled. I like that. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, I thought was interesting because that's kind of new for us in the last year, a year and a half, earthquakes in various places, and all these are the beginnings of sorrows. Uh, we're warned and we're made aware. We're, we need to be aware, and this is all working towards being a watchman. Now, uh, a word about watchmen. Watchmen, uh, they were a very important figure in the life of Israel. Uh, they were, they were uh, counted on to blow a trumpet, so to speak. They were, they were the guardians who stood on the wall. Uh, lots of passages in the Bible about, about watchmen. But um, they, were held, they were held accountable. Ezekiel 33. They were, they were accountable. You, you did not sleep on your watch. You were not. Don't, don't allow the enemy inside the walls because you were asleep on your watch. They, and so they had to elevate themselves. They had to stay. They had to remain alert. And uh, they had to know how to sound an alarm. Now, you didn't want to. It, it had to be a genuine alarm. And I think that's something that we have to be careful of in the body of Christ is, is this a genuine alarm? Is this something that we need to speak the truth and love about? Is this something that is that, that the body of Christ needs to know about, or is this something that you're not sure it's right, and it might be true, and it might not be true? You see what I'm saying? And, and I think that, that, that it's hurting our mission as the church of God. Because there's a lot of confusion that's going out, and it's going out from the body of Christ. And it can also come out because they'll read the post of one believer, and then they'll read the post of another believer. And it's not exact, it's not that we have to say the same thing, but I believe we have to say it with the same spirit, which is a spirit of humility. And, and because it's all about our mission. We need to be on mission. Our mission is... Go, therefore, and make disciples. See that we don't need a, a, a yellow, we don't need a, a green light to go to do the things that Christ has called us to do, to spread the word of God, to love people, to walk in unity together, to, to let people see that we walk together as brothers and sisters in Christ and are not divided. I believe that we could be in danger of, of division in the church. And the word of God's pretty plain. The world is watching us, and what they're watching for isn't so much 
what we say is, how do we walk together? Are you any different than I am? Amen? And so, uh, 1 John 4, 3, if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. That was written somewhere probably about 90 AD. Well, that's when it, 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 was, it was a ways after Christ. And, and by then, uh, the church was under attack with different ways that the Antichrist was at work. And here we are 2,000 years later. And that same spirit is at work. We need to be very watchful about what we say, what we retweet, what we post, because we, gotta, we have to filter it through, is this the spirit of the Antichrist at work or not? Okay, And so that's the second one, to be aware uh, it's the beginning of sorrows. Um, let's go to the next slide. Finding uncertainty in uncertain times. The third and the fourth are be watchful and be ready. Verse 42, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Again, vigilance, readiness, watchfulness. I remember our son uh, was part of Operation, I think it was called Iraqi Freedom. Okay, and he was a Marine. And I remember part of it, he journaled about it one night that he was doing guard duty. And he was... He realized that uh, he was up on a roof, and he realized how dangerous it is to be silhouetted. But what, what else was going on, and this is, a, this is a very real thing that I believe the enemy is throwing against us these days. It was called harassment fire. And they just would fire into the night. They, just would, they, they would just fire, and it, they didn't even have a target. All they wanted to do is keep you from resting, keep you from... From, and keep you on edge. And, and he, he said that, that, he, that harassment fire was constant. What he had to be aware of is being silhouetted in front of the enemy. There's a real truth there. In that, in that harassment fire, if we're walking with Jesus in these days, amen, harassment fire is going to be a constant. It's coming at us. It's going to come at us. And so that shouldn't surprise us. What we want to avoid is silhouetting ourselves in front of the enemy, giving him an opportunity to, to take shots at us, take us out. And so uh, part, of, part of being a watchman, you are protected. Now, there's one last kind of a funny thing. How many of you like happy feet? I love Happy Feet. I just watched, I think, Happy Feet number three or something. But one of the things that's always stuck out about it is those elders that stand up on the cliff and they just squawk. Nothing is good. Ah! You know, good stuff going on. Ah! Ah! You know, and they, they just squawk. And I thought about how a watchman, it's like one of our testimonies today. When the Spirit of God is moving, when a, a new wineskin is present, 
when new wine is being poured into a, into a new wineskin, that's good. That's what we want to see, especially as you make your way along and you're getting older and you're an elder. It even says so in Luke. We can easily turn into squawkers. We don't, I don't like that. That's not how we did it. That's not how, that is not how we did church. Those worship, they're just too loud for me, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I, th- and I determined when I watched Happy Family, I don't want to be like those guys. I want to be like the, the one down below, either teaching the younger ones or dancing with my happy feet going, amen. Is that, is that I know this is really deep, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, but it's true, isn't it? In, in other words, what my heart is today is, Let's be, if we're watchmen and we're called to watch and pray, let's be mindful of sounding an alarm that isn't true. Let's be watchful of passing on something that could be counterfeit until we know from the Spirit of God that this is something that is woven through your word and it is true. Go for it. Sound that alarm. There are things that are not right that are occurring in our culture today that are clearly not right. And, and, and there's are things that, that we should be able to not give away our voice and just go, oh, well, you know, I don't want to bother anybody. But then there's other stuff. The, I call it the conspiracy vortex. Don't get sucked into a conspiracy. Conspiracy, the thing about a half-truth is We tend to believe the wrong half of the truth, okay? Or we're in danger of that. I, I ran across a term that I had not heard about the other day. Have you guys heard of this one, doom scrolling? And that's when you get on your phone and you start looking at this, this little lead article or that little article, and it just leads you into doom. And they call it doom scrolling, and I'm like... Wow, I just want to read the sport page. I want to see how the Seahawks are doing. I don't want to know. But this is real stuff that's going on. And I guess what I'm trying to, to make sure that we walk away with today is let's be so careful about what we say. And, and the truth that we'll speak will come from the word of God. And then we're going to get into, okay, well, then what can I do if... We need certainty in uncertain times. Number four, be ready. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Again, like I said before, if you read all of it, this discourse, you might go, what's going on here? The takeaway that we want for today is live in readiness. Be in your teepee in the morning, so to speak, in the presence of God. Find yourself in the Word of God, because that's, that's how you're going to navigate uncertainty, amen? It's the one thing that you can say is rock solid. It is certain. It is unshakable. It is from God for me today. Let's go to the next slide. Finally, there was this one. It kind of brings you to the end of Matthew 24, be faithful and be wise. In other words, we're moving towards, okay, 
I get it. I'm hearing you, Pastor Corb. I'm hearing what you're saying. We, we really need to be watchful. We need to be careful about what we're saying is true. We need to really discern what is going on. We need to be aware of deceit. But what do I do? And this is how Jesus ended up with this discourse. He said, who then is faithful and a wise servant? There you go. You see, you might go, I'm not sure what to do. Be faithful and serve. Find a place to serve. And, and that, that brings on the protection of God, I believe. That, that is what, uh, that's what helps us to navigate uncertainty as you find yourself with people that are certain. Who then is faithful and wise and servant whom the master made rule over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, finds you so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. I think that's the mission that we want to recover. I think that's what we want to be found doing, not opinionating, not tweeting, although, you know, here's an example. Jan and I will go back and forth on It's not like I'm a Facebook hater, although I only have one Facebook friend. It was a cow that lived behind us. It was number 2625, and that's the only one I have. It, uh, Jan probably has at least a 1,000, but you know what goes out every day? A scripture, an encouragement, and I'm praying, for, you know, and, and that's what we want to do if we're involved in that kind of stuff. And, and so that's being a, a good master over the master's house, amen? That is what we're to be as encouragers. Or else, if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants to eat and drink with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of, and he will, this is pretty grim, he'll cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We don't want that, amen? We don't want to be found doing that. We don't want to be found dividing the body of Christ. We don't want to be found uh, discouraging people that we should be encouraging, amen? And so this is, this is a warning. And, and so you have what not to do but also what you should be found doing. Uh, I love that picture of that eagle. Yeah, just, he's watching. I see it. But see, it's not enough to just see it, is it? Watch and pray. Turn it into a prayer. Let's go to the next slide. So how can I be certain? Well, I just thought I'd... One of the things I thought about is I go, God, we are living in uncertain times. And so how do we get our bearing? How do we find true north? How do we, we rediscover what it is that helps me navigate today? Be anxious for nothing, right? Keep your mind on things above. These are scriptures I, I wish I had time that I could go through. But these are, um, these are these are just healthy things to do in times of uncertainty. These are, these are, these are, uh, the, this is that string woven through the word of God that says, you can be certain about this. 
You can, you can stand on this solid rock. Perfect love casts out a fear. Be of good courage. Guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Amen? Build your house upon... It's a, that's our, one of our earliest Sunday school songs, isn't it? The wise man built his house upon the rock. Okay? It's simplest of truths, the most powerful thing that is at work today in our lives. Because there's a lot of sand out there, amen? There's a lot, of, a lot of people. So finally, so then let's go to the last slide. What should I be found doing? In other words, okay, what do I do? One day at a time, what do I do? And uh, this is one, th- there's just a few that I jotted down, things that came to mind. It was like, bam, 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 bam. Um, I think it takes effort every day to keep a biblical worldview. Is that true? There's a lot of stuff coming at us that wants to change how we view our world. And, and so part of what I think is an everyday responsibility of a watchman is, God, I see this. What does your word say about that? And that doesn't mean then you get to step up on the pulpit and be mean-spirited and slam everybody. But what it may well be is, I'm going to speak the truth and love about this today. See, this isn't about taking away our voice. This is about being biblical, being on mission, being disciple makers, winning a world that's hurting and lost. Prioritize kingdom values. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all that stuff we're worried about and all the stuff that might happen Prioritize everyday kingdom values. Reacquire our mission and our voice. We talked about that. Or we patiently endure to receive all God's promises. There's a, there, is a, there is a string that's woven through that's all about enduring till the end. You know, just, just solid, God, I am not, I, 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 your word is true, your spirit is real, your love is, un, is, is not in question. I'm going to endure with those things. I'm not giving those away, despite what might be causing me to worry. Uh, probably talked enough about social media. Don't get caught up in foolish controversies, Second Timothy 2.23. Man, this... I, I, can we be guilty of that? I mean, I'll, I'll see a, a, a lead article and I'll go, man, I'm really mad about that. And then, isn't it true? Three days later, you're like, well, that wasn't really true. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, okay, today. Spend more time with your face in the book than you do on your Facebook. Is that fair? Okay. Now, again, this is not the bully pulpit. That's between you and God and how you use it. But I, I think there's reason for concern. Love one another, walk together in unity. Finally, watch and pray. Now, let me tell you about the prayer part, and then we'll wrap it up. Because I actually have something here for those that want to do this. Um, when it comes to being watch and pray, part one is 
Okay, God, I see it. Part two is prayer. How do we, how do we turn this into something certain? Something where you know that you are impacting the kingdom of darkness. Something you know where you have spent time that day. And uh, one of the ways I do it is I'm intentional with a prayer list. Uh, intentional about journaling so that I know when prayers are answered. Uh, you can be strategic, you can be intentional, but if you want to watch and pray, I don't think it's... It, 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 enough said. Be strategic. Be intentional. Pray for those that you know are in bondage. Pray for those that you know. There's a part of your list that's healing. There's a part of your list that's deliverance. There's a part of your list that's for nations. There's a part of your list where you're praying for local churches. There's a part of your list. And I don't do them all every day. I do a part each day. And by the end of the week, I've covered a lot of, a lot of people that need to be prayed for. Amen? So that's that part. But then I'll share a gift for you, and that's why I brought it as a gift. About six years ago, after Bible camp, I was sitting in our shed, and I was putting stuff away, and I came across one of these that Janet used for a, an object lesson. And I was just going to put it in a box, and I, and I felt like the Holy Spirit really said, use this thing to pray. It's not a squeeze ball, it's a prayer ball now. Okay, and although sometimes I feel like the world is being squoze, and do you know sometimes I would, as I'm holding it, I will begin to squeeze it, and I'll say, go to Hebrews 12, 25 to 27, and you'll see what I mean, because we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken, but right now, there's a shaking going on, there's a squeezing going on on our planet that is planet-wide, amen, and so what I do and what he's shown me is, I'll normally just begin, after I've prayed through things, I'll, I'll just close my eyes. And this is an invitation for you guys to join, if you want. And I'll just begin to do this, and I'll just move it around like this, and I'll just hold it. And I'll say, Holy Spirit, who are we going to pray for today? What are you, where do you want me to join my prayers in what you're doing today? And I'll do this. And then I'll stop. I pray in the Spirit until I feel like, okay. And today I landed in Tanzania. Now we have friends that are missionaries in Tanzania. How did I know that this was a God thing? This is six years ago. The, out of the first 10 days that I was doing this with my eyes closed, as randomly as I knew how to do it, praying in the Spirit... I landed in Argentina and Chile seven out of the first ten days. You're like, okay, God, you got my attention here. I think there's something to this here. But see, it's an adventure. What I want to offer you is a prayer adventure. Watch and pray. Because see, sometimes, can we be honest with ourselves? Prayer can get a little stale, right? I have been praying for that person for 17 years, and they're still the same, you know. But... We still need to be praying for him. We know a lady that prayed for her husband for 63 years to get saved. I'm lucky if I can pray for a person for 63 minutes, right, in our day and age. But anyhow, what happens is 
It'll be different every day. It takes the same, 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 same out of prayer, and it becomes an adventure. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will be very specific about what to pray for. Sometimes I just feel like, God, America's in trouble. Do you realize you can cover America? Okay. You can even squeeze in Alaska if you do it right. Okay. You can, you can go like this. See, it isn't all random. We know we're supposed to pray for Israel, amen, the apple of God's eye. But I want you to, to see if you feel like I'd like, to, I'd like to give this a go. I'd like, I have 24 of them up there. And if they're all gone, I'll bring some more, okay? But it, it, do it if you want to just have an adventure with the Holy Spirit. I'll give you one last story, and then we'll wrap it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd like to share something about the Tanzania. Oh, okay. That'd be neat. A lot of times I'd land in the ocean. And I was like, okay, God, I, I'm way out of whack today. But actually, no. Do you know what? There are people adrift. There are people lost at sea. The currents of truth begin in the ocean. The winds of change begin in the ocean. I land in the Antarctica. It's like, oh, what do I do with this? It's an adventure. If you'll just sit for a moment and you can listen, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to pray. Did you know that? He will, he'll give you something to go on. And it can be powerful. Here's probably the most powerful one I ever had. I kept landing off of Perth, Australia. I'm like, God, this, I've landed here too many times. What's going on? And, and this is not to put me in the spotlight, right? But this is the Holy Spirit we have, where you can go anywhere. He said, pray for a pastor named Mark. Wow, God, that's, that's way more specific than I used to. I mean, I land in the ocean most of the time. I'm supposed to pray for a guy named Mark? And so I did. Then I got curious, and I went to the Internet, and I... Google churches in Perth. And then I said, is there a Pastor Mark? I don't know how I did the string. And there's a Pastor Mark in in Perth. So I emailed this guy because I went to his church website. I got his, and I emailed him. I got an answer back. He goes, this is pretty amazing. You said, you know what we were doing this weekend? We had a church a citywide conference on hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. So if you wonder, is this a real adventure? Is this something that God could be in? Now it might turn into a squeeze ball, and you might forget about it, and that don't feel guilty about it, but know this. You want to see, if you want your prayer time to come alive, don't settle for just ho-hum. See what God might say, and I, and I promise you, he'll give you something fresh. He'll give you something to go on to pray. And see what you're doing is you're watching and you're praying. Sometimes you'll land on a place, you go, I know what's going on there. Sometimes you have no clue. But what I know and what I can promise you is you are partnering with the work that the Holy Spirit is doing that day. That's powerful. And I'm here in Montana. Amen? Amen. Amen. So watch and pray.
Be aware of counterfeit deception and just, uh, we'll pray.